What's up everyone? It's your host Britt and welcome back to the Tea on Crime. If you follow me on social media, you were able to see a surprise that I have in store. Beginning today and moving forward, I will be joined with a co-host who is also my wife, Jessica. Jessica hates true crime and I've never really understood those people, but wait, you know what? It's a trap. <laughs> Hold on a minute. In my defense, I do like documentaries and such. But I haven't ever been able to really listen to true crime. I'll be cleaning. It's 2 p.m. I get so invested in whomever's talking. And then I blink. And then it's 6 p.m. And I'm still in the kitchen cleaning the one dish that I had started with. So it just doesn't really work out. We're not a very healthy relationship type of thing. True crime podcasts and me. We are definitely going to change that. Uh, just as a reminder today, before we get started, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply my own and are only presented to educate. I've linked my case sources in the episode notes below. This week, I'm going to tell you the story of the mysterious disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley. Let's get into it. So excited. <laughs> Amy Lynn Bradley was born on May 12th, 1974 to parents Ron Bradley and Iva Bradley in Petersburg, Virginia. She was a resident of Chesterfield County, Virginia. She has a younger brother named Brad, which means that his name really is Bradley Bradley. <laughs> I thought you would enjoy that part. She was very close to her brother Brad and her family in general. It is reported that they were like best friends and all of them did everything together. Friends and family described Amy as being very friendly and outgoing. She made friends really easily and always made sure to make people feel included. Amy is described as being 5'6 and 120 pounds with an athletic build. She had brown short hair, green eyes, and quite a few notable tattoos. She has a tattoo of a Tasmanian devil spinning a basketball on her shoulder, the sun on her lower back, a Chinese symbol on her right ankle, and a gecko lizard on her belly button. Her belly button is also pierced. If you check out my social media accounts, I've linked pictures of her tattoos for you to head over and look at. She attended Longview University and graduated with a degree, a degree, wow. A <laughs> degree. Me, words are hard today. Are you having a seizure? Again? I think so. A degree in physical education. She was also on a full ride to university for basketball. It's been reported that Amy was known for her strong swimming skills. I want you to remember that fact because I feel like it's important in the story later on. The fact that she's a she had really strong swimming skills? Yeah. Or a basketball player? We're going to go with the swimming skills. Okay, got it. You can keep in mind the basketball player if you wish. <laughs> okay. Amy had planned to start a new job at a computer consulting firm after she graduated from university. So as a celebratory event, Amy decided to join her family on a cruise vacation on the Royal Caribbean International Cruise, Rhapsody of the Seas. Upon being invited on the cruise, she was reluctant at first. It took quite a lot of convincing from her family. Even though she was a strong swimmer, it was known that Amy had a fear of open water. I get it, giant dark spaces, you can't really tell what's underneath. Kind of seems like a little weird fact, though, to be a strong swimmer and have a fear of water. Well, I think it's different because it's a pool versus, you know, you, you can't see below your ear like that when we go to Bear Lake. This is true. Maybe a cruise won't be the most exciting thing for her, but she agreed to go and make the best of it. This was going to be her big trip before starting her career. On March 21st, 1998, Amy and her family boarded the cruise. 
The trip started out great, and on March 23, 1998, which would have been the third day into the cruise, the family rented a Jeep and toured around Aruba, enjoying their time off the ship. Amy and her brother Brad decided to leave dinner early that night and head over to the club that was located on the ship. I found reports that they decided they wanted to go with some locals to a bar called Carlos and Charlie's, which is the same bar in Aruba that Natalie Holloway would later disappear from in 2005. At the time, no one could have known why this would become an important fact in the case. A Google search shows Rhapsody of the Seas cruise ship has seven different bars. There are also two massive pools, whirlpool tubs, spas, and a few fitness centers, and a large game center. All on one ship? All on one ship. We might have to check that out one day. You know, I don't know. The further you go into the story, I think we might opt not to. (laughs) Amy and her brother Brad decided to stay up late dancing to a Mardi Gras nightclub party on the ship and drink alcohol with the ship's band, Blue Orchid. One of the band members, Alistair Douglas, otherwise known as Yellow, was drinking with Amy that night, where he claimed that he left the party at around 1 a.m. At the time, a videographer, videographer known... <laughs> There's the so Sorry, it's really an issue. Known as Chris Fenwick, was able to capture the moment where Amy and Yellow were dancing. I've also linked the picture that was taken of Amy and Yellow dancing together on my social media accounts. If you want to head over and take a look if you've never seen those before, they're pretty interesting. So there's video and pictures of these two being together. There's just the picture of them dancing, but I know you can find the video on YouTube, I believe. Oh, okay. After a couple of hours, Brad decided to rest for the rest of the night at the family cabin at around 3.35 a.m., The ship's computerized door lock system recorded that Brad returned to the cabin at 3.35 a.m., where Amy followed five minutes later. Brad reported that he and his sister sat on the suite's balcony and talked before he went to sleep, while Amy stayed awake for a while longer before she fell asleep shortly after. At around 5.30 a.m. on March 24, 1998, Ron Bradley glanced out the balcony of his cabin aboard the Royal Caribbean cruise ship and saw his daughter, Amy Lynn Bradley, sleeping peacefully. 30 minutes later, he looked again and she was gone, never to be seen again. So wait a minute. So she went to her cabin, talked to her brother. Brother goes to sleep. Dad wakes up a couple of hours later, sees her sleeping, and then she just disappears? She just vanishes. What? Right. Ron went into his daughter's bedroom to see if she had gone back to sleep, because remember, she was out sleeping on the balcony is where he saw her. She wasn't inside the room. Aside from cigarettes and a lighter, it didn't seem like Amy Bradley had taken anything with her. She even left her sandals in the room. So So, she's out there and she's barefoot. And this balcony, it's attached to their specific suite and or room, right? right? So nobody else would have access to it? Uh, I'm not sure how that works on the cruise ships, but I believe nobody else would have access to them. I think it is specific to that room only. Okay. Amy's family immediately reported the missing case to onboard crew, where they continued to plead with the crew members to keep 2,000 passengers from disembarking the cruise and to make an announcement to assist in finding Amy. However, the team at the office informed them that it was too early to make a shipwide announcement. The crew agreed to issue an announcement at 7.50 a.m. after a majority of the passengers left the ship. 
uh, left the ship. Shipped. Shipped. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we'll edit that one out. We'll leave that in there. Shipped. Right. Okay. Will Amy Bradley please come to the office? And again, that was at 7.50 after many of the passengers had already disembarked. It's a little weird to me that they didn't want to make that announcement until some of the passengers had left. I'm not really sure what the point behind that is. Well, I just think 7.50 in the morning is a very, why not wait till 7, 7 th- 8, but 7.50? 7.50 is very on point. Yeah, it's very weird. Between 12.15 p.m. and 1 p.m., the crew staff searched through the ship but could not find Amy. The delay that the crew had put had put on the search and investigation of the disappearance has been said to have led to the lowering the chance of finding Amy by allowing the passengers to disembark, ignoring the Bradley's family's advice. According to Brad, and again, this is one of those things that has not been verified. One of the waiters approached him and told him how sorry he was that his sister was missing, which was really strange to say because he felt like it was impossible for the crew members to have known that Amy was missing at this point in time. They had just reported her missing. So did the word spread that quickly or did they know something that the family didn't? Wait, so they announced everything at 7.50 and then it it took the crew until 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. to even start looking for her? Yeah, so there's that missing time between 7.50 and it's reported that they didn't start until 12.15 And I'm not sure if they looked only until 1 p.m. or if they, again, restarted the search at 1 p.m. That's just what I could find in the research. Well, maybe the this crew member that was just giving his condolences, maybe the group or, you know, the captain and all the crew had a meeting stating that this is why they were announcing and maybe she was missing or, you know, I think there's a logical reason. Right. And again, um, it's nothing that has ever been verified. So we're not really sure one way or the other. He just did find it strange that they had just reported her missing and it had spread quickly throughout the throughout the staff. But I think you're right. And I think that the staff could definitely discuss, obviously, a missing passenger. So I'm not sure that that's really an interesting unknown fact about the case. I'm sure he was just on high alert, too, at that point, looking for, you know, any signs of where his sister could be. It's understandable. The Dutch Caribbean Coast Guard conducted a four-day search that ended on the 27th of March, 1998, under Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. They charted a boat to continue looking for her. The Coast Guard used three helicopters and a radar plane to assist in the search. In more recent years, Amy's case has been revisited a couple of times. The cold case has resurfaced on America's Most Wanted and on an episode of Dr. Phil. In the fall of 1999, Amy's parents received an email from a self-proclaimed Navy SEAL soldier, Frank Jones. Frank told the family that he was a former U.S. Army special officer with a team of experienced soldiers who might be able to rescue Amy. Jones had claimed that he and his team had seen Amy being held by heavily armed Colombian personnel in a housing complex surrounded by barbed wire. The team also gave an accurate description of Amy's tattoos and sang the lullaby that Amy's mother used to sing for Amy when she was a baby. That's weird. I'm not sure how they got that information. Over the next few months, Frank would feed the news to family and provided reports on sightings of their daughter. 
When Jones told him that he was going to attempt a rescue, he added that more funds were needed. The Bradleys sent Jones a total of $210,000 to fund the setup for Amy's search and had expected a call from Jones and his team for the results of the rescue mission that never came. Jones made the story up and had tried to scam the Bradleys of money. In February 2002, federal prosecutors in Richmond charged him with defrauding the Bradleys of $24,444 and the National Missing Children's Organization of $186,416. Oh, wow. Jones pled guilty in April of mail fraud and was sentenced to, are you ready, five years in prison. But how, I guess my question is, how did he know about the whole lullaby thing? I'm sure that wasn't, maybe he was in on whatever happened to her. It's, it's definitely a strange fact. I think the tattoos possibly aren't really a strange fact. I'm not sure if at the time it was reported in news that she did have really identifying tattoos and maybe that's how he found out. When you say identifying tattoos, are you talking about tattoos like your toy story alien tattoo that you have on your arm yeah so if i go missing (laughs) you'll definitely know it's me because my tattoos are also identifying i think maybe it's a good idea get something identifying for sure she's the one with the toy story alien that's me please help (laughs) another incident involved the finding of a jawbone that washed ashore in aruba in 2010 Initially, it was thought to be the jawbone of another missing persons case, Natalie Holloway. But once the jawbone was cleared of being Holloway's, authorities ceased any further testing, despite the fact that there was nine other Caribbean vacationers that were reported missing. No DNA testing. Nine. No DNA testing was done on the material. They do say that the bone is human and was likely from a Caucasian origin. Do they not still have this bone in 2023 with all the DNA testing that's available? It's not reported that they still have it. I'm assuming they would have to hold on to it for <laughs> history purposes. I'm not sure. Can how you imagine? Uh, what is this? Oh, it's just a jawbone. Oh, we, <laughs> it, the case is closed. Go it's ahead fine. And it doesn't matter. Toss it. I guess my question here is why haven't they tested the jawbone? Even if it doesn't happen to be Amy's, there are nine other reported people that are missing. You know, I read a statistic that uh, almost a hundred and I think 70, 70 something ish people have gone missing on cruises or things like this since 1995. That's crazy. I'm not sure if we should go on a cruise. Yeah, after it, w- <laughs> it would be our first time. And now I'm worried that I would be sleeping soundly and then go missing well at least if we go missing i've got identifiable tattoos so we should be okay what about (laughs) but what about me i don't i don't Uh, have any tattoos i don't know about that oh okay (laughs) great bradley's mother and father appeared on the november 17th 2005 episode of dr phil an image of a young woman resembling bradley was emailed to the parents and shown on the program it suggests that she might have been sold into sexual slavery An email was sent to the Bradley family website containing two photographs of a woman that closely resembled Amy. The photographs were observed by a member of an organization that attempts to track victims on sites that feature sex workers. The woman in the photo has been said to appear distraught and despondent and was a sex worker known as Jazz. 
I've linked the questionable picture of Amy or who they believe could be Amy on my social media accounts if you want to check that out. I'm interested to see what you guys think about it if you believe that the picture at all looks like Amy Bradley or if it's a weird coincidence. I will say that I think the face does have similar features. (laughs) Talking is hard. (laughs) And if you can imagine her with long hair, maybe this is her picture. It's hard to say. It is reported that tattoos can be seen in the picture. I did zoom in and check it out, but I think due to the way that she's laying in the photo, it's hard to tell. It could go either way for me. The easiest explanation for Amy Bradley's disappearance is that she fell overboard and was swallowed by the ocean waves. But Bradley was a strong swimmer and a trained lifeguard, and the ship was not far from the shore. That plays into me telling you earlier to keep in mind that it's reported Amy was a strong swimmer. I don't feel like she just fell overboard and the story ends at that point. I have a hard time believing that. Well, especially if she was asleep, right? 30 minutes where her dad saw her and then she just went missing. And if you go with the sex trafficking theory, where do most cruise ships, isn't it? It's Florida, right? To where you you board a ship? Is that what it's called? Right. I think they board out of Florida. Well, I think it's called docking. Oh. I'm not 100%. I think so. <laughs> I think it's Florida. I know a lot of them go out of Texas. So basically, I think places that have that are close to the border which makes sense. Yeah, so the four uh, U.S. states known for the biggest like sex trafficking things going on is Texas, California, I believe, Florida, and then New York. So oh. that's kind of a interesting theory to go with because if you think about it, depending on how the rooms are set up or whatever, somebody I'm sure definitely could have snagged her and because they let everybody off because it was too (laughs) early i mean they could have just taken her absolutely right i totally agree with that one of the most well-known suspects was alistair douglas the band member that amy was seen dancing with all night and again there were several reports of people seeing the pair together again in the morning but it's never been 100 percent confirmed and this is the person that we discussed earlier also known as yellow this was in 95 when was this? 88? Uh, sorry, we're going to go back and find this. I think you said 88. Did I? Yes. Let's see. Yeah, you were right. That is what I said. I was about to say, aren't there cameras on the ships? But I guess I 88. way too early yeah. for cameras, right? He was definitely a person of interest, and he was questioned by the FBI. He took a polygraph test, and I've seen some reports that he passed it, and others say that it was inconclusive. Either way, he maintains that he has no idea what happened to Amy. His suite was searched, and absolutely nothing was found. There has never been anything to connect him to Amy's disappearance, so he's never been charged with anything. Other than the video or the the picture? Of them dancing together, right. However, he was fired from the cruise line. After this? After the fact, yep. Interesting. Right. There were also no witnesses who said they had seen or heard anyone falling overboard, but there was also no evidence of foul play. Honestly, there was just no trace of Amy at all. The search for Amy officially ended on March 29th, and her family returned and her family had to return return home without her on November 23rd. Oh wow. Yeah. 12 years since Amy vanished from this ship, she was declared legally dead. 
There was nothing concrete to state that she was alive, and it's really unfortunate because once a person is declared legally dead, the investigation stops altogether. While there is no active investigation, the Bradleys still hope that one day they will find out exactly what happened to Amy. They firmly believe that she did not fall overboard, she didn't jump, and she wasn't pushed. They believe that she was taken off the ship that day and sold into human trafficking. Their hope is that she is still alive and will someday return home to them. Before we end the episode this week, I want to share a little tea with you, bringing you some of the dumbest criminals and how they get caught. (laughs) It's one of the best parts and my favorite part of the show. This week, our dumb criminal is Dennis Newton. Back in 1985, Dennis Newton was on trial for robbing a convenience store. While he was defending himself, claiming to be innocent, he got angry with the store manager who identified him as the robber. Not being able to control his temper in court, he jumped up and screamed, I should have blown your head off. Wow. After that, he tried to correct himself by saying, well, if I had been the one that was there. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't make this stuff up, even if I tried. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Jessica, thank you for joining this, even though you were a little forced. I was. I'm a very tough critic as well. I hate true crime. (laughs) If you enjoyed the show today, please remember to go and rate on whatever platform you're listening to. Give us a follow on Facebook at T on Crime Podcast, Instagram at T on Crime Podcast, and Twitter at T on Crime Pod. That's it for today, but we'll be back next week to serve you more tea on all all things true crime. Thanks, you guys.